Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment's brought to you by Buxton. Look, you can take uh, leasing, site selection, and due diligence to a whole new level using the technology that tracks cell phones. You've really got to check this out. Uh, visit Buxton, that's B-U-X-T-O-N co.com. Well, today we're going to talk about the current market, look, we've had a terrible pandemic, right? It's really disrupted a lot of things, including a commercial real estate. And, and look, we're still in the recovery period, but real estate is changing fast. Where are we? Where are we going? Please welcome my guest. It's Tim Bodner. He's U.S. real estate deals leader with PwC, and he's joining us here on Studio One uh, via video. We're back in the studio. Tim, thanks for being with us. Yeah, nice to see you again, Michael. Thanks for having us. And uh, listen, you guys do these great reports on the real estate market. You now have your Real Estate Deals Insight 2021 mid-year outlook. And uh, it's a great report. I checked it out. You know, it is rather interesting to see what's going on right now. I mean, I'm a broker in, South, in nine southeast states, and we're doing a lot of business and really seeing a lot of activity. What do you guys uh, see for kind of deal activity uh, right now in your report, well, I think I certainly think what we've what we what we've seen, Michael, and what we thought we'd see is coming out of the pandemic as 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 investors gain more clarity around uh, what the pandemic um, unfolding would look like. That we'd see uh, accelerated accelerated levels of capital deployment, and that's certainly what what we're seeing, particularly in 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 things like uh, content oriented themes, life sciences. Uh, and and various uh, parts of the of the residential ecosystem. So uh, certainly, what we've seen kind of over the first six months of this calendar year have been consistent with what we thought, and we think there's going to be uh, much more uh, to come in the back half of this year. So you're expecting deal activity in the third and fourth quarters to accelerate. We are, we, and it, particularly around those strategies that are are more perpetual oriented. So if you think about longer term capital. Uh, whether it be from the, the domestic uh, domestic sources of capital or global sources of capital that have a long-term hold, uh, we do expect we'll see much more activity in those spaces. I think, look, there's not as much distress out there as I think many people would have thought we would have seen. Now, as you highlighted in your opening, we're still not out of the pandemic yet. So we may still see some, but certainly it seems to be a more challenging environment for the allocation of distress or opportunistic-oriented capital. Right. And I want to ask you a little bit about each of the, the sectors but sure. before we go off air here. But in general, uh, why do you think activity is accelerating and that we're having more activity than maybe we expected? What, what's causing it? Well, I think when you, when you look kind of across the board, Michael, you mentioned all the change that's happening. There are some big, big themes out there that have a long-term tail on them. If you think about what's just going on in life sciences, uh, with all that's happening in with the vaccine, you think about shifting business models around what's happening with the delivery of groceries and uh, what's happening in retail and how everything's becoming more omnichannel in nature. 
there's just a lot of um, uh, big, powerful trends that are favorable from a real estate point of view, and investors are certainly uh, focused on that. I think the other thing that that we we spend a lot of time focused on is the levels of supply in the marketplace. And I think if you look at what's what what the market's like today versus what it was like, for example, during the global financial crisis, supply is still in a pretty good spot. And when you look at things like residential, there's still a big gap between where the demand is for residential uh, units and where where the supply is right now. So. Our, our our attention is really on those big, powerful trends, which we think are going to be here for a while, and is driving a lot of investors to focus on those things. And you and we're the America's commercial real estate show, but you touched on residential. Obviously, residential development and, and home purchases are a big uh, part of our economy, uh, and you know that that's been a kind of a crazy market with home values uh, just really escalating in, in most areas. Um, and so, so what is your expectation there for the rest of the year and, and, and moving forward? Somebody asked me the other day, Michael, are these prices, are, are, are we going to have a crash? Are we going to have a dip? <laughs> well, look, I, the, the level of home price appreciation uh, has been quite strong across the, the U.S. And, and globally, for that matter, around the world. I think what we tend to focus on is the amount of capital uh, that continues to move into that sector, whether it's capitalizing on building products companies, whether it's capitalizing on uh, traditional home building use cases, whether it's capitalizing on uh, build to rent stories, there's a lot of capital that's focused on it. And so we think that's instructive in terms of kind of what, what the future looks like. Maybe home price appreciation slows down a bit, but, but the rent growth, particularly in the for rent space, seems like it's going to be uh, quite substantial for for some time to come, just per, given the supply uh, dynamics that are out there. And then also, look, even though we're with with the inflationary pressures, whether they're transitory or not, even if inf- you know interest rates move up uh, a bit because of actions by by the Fed, uh, we still think that you know the home price appreciation will be um, maybe not where it is, but 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 significant enough. So I can tell my neighbors that uh, Tim Bodner said <laughs> there's no dip in residential coming. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. Well, uh, and I want to get into what I think are the more interesting sectors because uh, they've been disrupted more by this t- pandemic. But, but before that, let's touch on industrial for a minute. Uh, this has been doing really well. What do you expect moving forward? Any changes? Well, I mean, there. I think the what we're seeing in in uh, the logistics space right now is, you know, there's so much capital uh, that's focused on it for all the reasons that we were just talking about. When you look at the big, powerful trends out there, whether it's e-commerce or others, uh, you know, there's 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 a substantial value creation that occurs there. What we're seeing though is we're seeing a lot of development activity uh, start to pick up in the logistics space uh, across the U.S. by multiple different sources of capital. Uh, and a big reason is the level of returns uh, that's, that's, that one can achieve vis-a-vis development versus, you know, a tra- traditional kind of underwritten ideal. So we we can we continue to think we'll see a lot of activity uh, with an uptick in the level of development. What do you expect uh, rents to do in industrial? Uh, look, it's it's going to be a, a story market by market. But right. you know, if you look at some of the recent earnings releases from the from the public companies, you know, some of the 
the large, you know, players with the most scale are are talking about double digit uh, cash rent increases off of on on a rollover of leases. So, you know, it seems hard to think that it can do at that level, but it it seems like based on multiple data points, it's going to be quite substantial. Within which, in some with some cases, it being double uh, double digits on a on a roll. Yeah, I mean, I've been in commercial real estate for thirty five years, and when I see some of these rents per square foot on industrial, it's like, wow, you know, yeah. who, who would have thunk it back in the day? Um, well, what if you look at, and, and some investors have been quite uh, vocal about, about that point, Michael, as you know, where if you go back to the time of the global financial crisis, some investors started warranting their capital towards the sector because it was at such a discount to replacement cost. And now look where we are, right? So yeah. Who would have thought, right? Yeah. Well, Tim, I want to get uh, your opinion on your mid-year report here on Office. You know, we've uh, we've had the well, the vaccines are out. A, a lot of Americans have, have received vaccines. More and more companies are starting to to move back in office space, but it still seems like it's, it's a bit of a question mark. You know, what are you seeing for a deal activity? You know, what do you expect uh, moving forward? So what's interesting about Office is <clears throat> our view is that uh, people will go back. Uh, to the office. Uh, we do think work's going to be more flexible. Uh, I think of kind of across the board, uh, when we talk to corporate users, uh, you know, the, 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 the number of days per week that we hear the most common is three days per week back in the office. I think the vast majority of people think you can't replace culture, you can't replace talent development. People want to be around other people. Uh, and so the office is going to, you know, still be you know, part of our, our, our world in terms of how we work, but it's going to be more flexible. And we do think some of the uh, trends that we saw over the last five years around densification, some of that's going to going to reverse and we may de-densify a bit. Uh, but we do think uh, the office uh, will, will over time come back uh, in the major gateway cities. We think it's going to be more flexible. And what we're seeing, particularly from, again, if I go back to that long-dated capital point, we are seeing a lot of uh, foreign sources of capital partnering with uh, U.S.-based office businesses uh, in joint venture structures for new de- for not only existing assets, but also new development. Yeah. There's increased vacancy uh, in a lot of markets uh, in office sector, and uh, it seems like uh, it's going to take a little while for or that the oxygen levels to come back. What are you guys expecting? You know, every market's different, but overall, for occupancy to get back to to pre-pandemic levels. Yeah, look, I, New York is coming back. If you if you pick, you know, you know, specific cities, New York seems to be coming back a little bit quicker than than, for example, San Francisco. So we do think that there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a city by city dynamic, uh, but we think it's going to be, you know, a, a few more years yet before. Uh, it gets back to where it is. Now, I think what is encouraging is if you look at the level of sublease activity, particularly in the major metropolitan areas, uh, there has been a fair amount of space that's been pulled off of the sublease market over the last you know, 30 to 45 days. And, and we think that's encouraging. And we think some of it has a lot to do with the fact that you know, corporate users are gaining a little bit more clarity into kind of what their future space requirements will be. Yeah, well, that is great news, and, and I'm a firm believer as well that office is going to be back. You know, we, like you said, we want to be around each other. If we care about our career, 
we want to be seen, we want to be visible, we want to learn from each other and, and uh, you know, get, get the insight from being around each other. So, but, you know, I, I, to be clear though, transparent, I sell office buildings. So, I, yeah. I, maybe I'm just rah-rah for my team, right? Uh, but let's talk about another sector uh, that's been hit uh, by the pandemic and, and that's retail. So, when you guys look at your mid-year report and look forward, uh, what do you see there? Well, look, I think when you look at some of the <clears throat> the public company earnings trends that have come out the first quarter and, and some uh, of those investors have released kind of intra-quarter updates, the, the trends have been quite uh, encouraging uh, from particularly some of the players with scale we've seen in the public markets, dividend increases uh, by some of those market participants here over the last 15 days or so. Uh, so certainly for those well-located uh, balls that have more of an experiential related theme to them, we think those, those assets are going to do quite well. Having said that, there are, uh, there are some assets that uh, will need to be repurposed or redeveloped into uh, alternative uses. Some of that uh, may be into logistics like we just talked about, although it does feel like it's going to be a relatively small uh, portion of the oversupply with a greater proportion be around uh, mixed-use mixed use oriented uh, themes. So it's going to be situational specific uh, on an asset-by-asset -asset basis in terms of retail. Uh, but there's a lot of work uh, to be done yet. I think one of the things that is very clear uh, is that uh, retailers are going to have an omnichannel uh, related operating model. Uh, and for those retailers who are on the front end of that, uh, when we look at their quarterly earnings, they've been quite, uh, quite strong. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, it's. I think it's been encouraging so far relative to kind of what a lot of people have thought. These uh, retailers have had since 1999 to, to get this omni-channel going, yeah. right? So, <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, let's talk about another sector that maybe was the worst hit during the pandemic, uh, and that's the hotel hospitality sector. What do you guys see there? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, uh, Michael, I think what's very clear uh, is the leisure demand is 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 quite strong uh, across the U.S. We're seeing it in uh, not only uh, leisure uh, occupancy and rev par in markets around the country. We're seeing it vis-a-vis uh, -vis cruises uh, coming back. We're we're seeing it in terms of timeshare uh, demand, and and we're seeing it in uh, regional casino demand. So, I think what's very clear is the leisure demand. Uh, is there and it's and it's and it's showing signs of being pent up demand uh, throughout the summer months as we expected. I think what's ever what's also very interesting is a lot of uh, people seem to be pulling for their expectations uh, around when we see uh, kind of things get back to 2019, 2019 levels. I think for many people it was you know after 2023 we're seeing uh, more people seem to be orienting around. Uh, sometime during 20, 20, 2022 and 2023, uh, which is quite encouraging. Uh, having said all that, look, the business travel and, and the conferences, uh, it's going to take some time for that to, to come back until uh, the vaccine is more widespread and, and kids are back in school and some of those other uh, kind of practical considerations come to bear. But, uh, you know, look, the lodging sector is is a resilient sector, and we think that uh, that's certainly going to be the case here, even though it may take some time. Yeah, well, it's good to see it uh, coming back maybe faster than we 
I'll expect it, right? And I mean, we're going to party like it's 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're in 20s. Right? Yeah. Well, right. final question for you, Tim, is you guys looked at deal activity and, and transactions out there uh, and your expectations moving forward of them even picking up more. Was, was any of that uh, expectation and then, and then this amount of activity that we're seeing right now based on uh, the potential tax plans to uh, you know, do away or, or limit the 1031 to $500,000 and to increase capital gains, in some cases almost doubling it. Are there some of the activity related to kind of getting in under the wire before some of these things potentially happen? So what we have started, and look, there's still a lot of uh, wood to chop in terms of kind of the uh, what's going to happen in Congress around, around tax reform. Uh, what we have started to see uh, some market participants do, particularly in response to your point around 1031 uh, exchanges, and look as look at uh, operating partnership unit uh, transactions, particularly amongst uh, the public REITs or have kind of an upread structure in place. So we have seen uh, quite a few market participants uh, trying to kind of get uh, smart on how to structure those deals, how to think about it from a seller's perspective. So we are starting to see a lot of people kind of start to think about how that changes their their strategy. But in terms of wholesale, pull forward of activity, at this time we, we're not seeing it kind of uh, be having a, a noticeable impact right now. Michael. Yeah, well, that's interesting because on the, on the broker level, we are talking to, uh, I've seen a lot of our clients doing deals and thinking, hey, you know, I know the 1031's here now. I know interest rates are good. I know capital gains are low. I expect the, the tax capital gains in, in ordinary tax is going to go up. And so it seems like we're seeing it on the broker level, uh, a lot of activity with uh, expectation that the, the taxes have to go up somehow, right? We've been yeah. giving out a lot of money. No, no question. I, and, and, and how I think it's a matter of not. It's it's not a matter of if rates go up. I think it's a matter of you know, how much they go up, and and we'll see we'll see where they land and what the exact construct here is over the, the next several months. Well, Tim, what would you leave our audience with as a final thought uh, on uh, your mid-year report? Look, I think uh, we continue to be quite optimistic around deal activity for the back half uh, of of this calendar year and and moving forward. There's a tremendous amount of uh, capital out there, rates are still low on a relative basis, uh, and real estate has, has certainly proved its resiliency. Uh, I think if we had to pick our sectors, you know, those that are oriented with those uh, big, uh, you know, trends in the marketplace around logistics, life sciences, uh, West Coast oriented office, things affiliated with content creation, like we think those are going to be uh, sectors where there's a lot of activity and where, where there's some, out, some level of outperformance. Right. Well, I love the positive outlook, uh, especially as a broker being in the middle of it. <laughs> but, Tim, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, it's always good to see you, Michael. Thanks so much. All right. And thank you for joining us around the world or around the country. Let us know what you think. We appreciate uh, you subscribing and commenting and sharing the show. And uh, until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing, site selection, and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit BuxtonCo.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert-level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.